I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Astro chocolate bar spells are no partial. What would you have? Uh, oh, do you know what? They've just got uh, the, the whisper gold with a salted caramel. Whisper gold, yeah. you 80s pervert. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, I am only one of those things, and we'll leave it to the listeners to decide. <laughs> um, no, I'm all right, but I would have a can of Pepsi Max or similar, please. This is an exciting bit going over the bridge. I can recall when Roy Hodgson was in charge and it was the Europa League nights oh yeah and you would you would get cl- and as you got close to the ground you would hear the Roy 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 oh, yes. Roy and it was that was kind of like my introduction to Fulham so what what first came f- for you when Fulham you moved to London uh, <laughs> what, was it was it Putney or was it was it Fulham well I actually lived in Parsons Green I lived on the estate Andy obviously with all the other hard nuts yeah. and uh and, and Fulham were the only team that let Rottweilers in? <laughs> exactly, yeah. yeah. I should say, because a lot of people would not have a clue about Parsons Green. We're doing that, that wanky London thing. We're going, oh, still in Parsons Green. People will be like, I don't know these places. Parsons Green is quite a posh area. Yeah. But I did live on the estate there. Because, you know, I am very much salt and pepper of the earth. But uh, believe that if you will. No, I did, that's where I lived. So it was close. I did like Fulham beforehand, but I, I was kind of clubless, really. 
I didn't have a team to support because I went years without supporting a team. Because of part of your childhood, really, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I never grew up in a place. Well, other than Edinburgh, of course, with the, the magnificence and so on. But it was I, English team. But in fact, the, my first English team that I liked was Sheffield Wednesday. Quite Chrissy Waddle, Chrissy Waddle, Des Walker, yes. uh, and and so on. Um, but that was like for a few years because everybody in, in my school in Edinburgh, I'm sure in other parts of Scotland, had an English team. Uh, and that kind of just sort of wore off. And I was a bit like, and I, so I didn't support an English team for years. My brother supported Arsenal. So most people at our school we would support Arsenal, Man United, you know, the usuals. Um, this is before Chelsea and Man City and so on. I think some, as Jim says, you know, you get the odd Blackburn Rovers fan. You think, oh, you backed the wrong horse there. You didn't, you didn't think about the bigger picture there. A town of Blackburn size is never going to be able to keep that up. Marks was a certain age, doesn't it? It does. It's a bit like if, yeah, if some people are Liverpool fans and they're not like really young, yeah. you think, ah, you were born in the late 70s. Yes. If you're a Man United fan, you're born early mid 80s, although yeah. Vish might have been born slightly later. Um, and. Uh, and what was the other? Yeah, Blackburn Rovers absolutely that very much dates that. So, uh, so I was looking for a team essentially, Andy, and I moved to the area. And the first game I went to was was Fulham one, Newcastle United nil. Damien Duff scored a lovely one. It was a tenner a ticket uh, in the Putney end that that day, and it was. Um, so, if we're going straight to the headline, Damien Duff and spiting Pete. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it wasn't. I wasn't with Pete that day. Right, we did go, Pete, and we all went to another game a couple of years later where Fulham beat Newcastle 5-2, which was delightful. But I'm not boasting that much because I went the other week and Newcastle won 4-1. Um, but uh, it was 1-0 against... No, it was It was against Everton. Okay. It wasn't Newcastle, you know, it was against Everton, forgive me. That was another time when they won 1-0 against Newcastle. I'm getting me Damien Duff 1-0 winners mixed up. <laughs> um, yeah, it was 1-0 against Everton. It was a tenner a ticket that day for the part the end for most of it. And John Pantzel did his lap of honour around the, oh, yes. the pitch. Roy was in his lovely suit, waving to the crowd, and they started playing I Love You Baby when, when, when the game had finished. And I thought, oh, I very much found my team. <laughs> and they're a very accessible team, Fulham. A lot of people, when they move to London, especially if they're from uh, abroad, like the likes of, say, Australia or South Africa, for example. Yeah. Um, or even if they're from up north, like I know, sort of, you, you get a friend of mine was a Middlesbrough fan, you know, and he was up at Fulham's like my second team. Another friend of mine was a Burnley supporter, and uh, he kind of adopted Fulham, and actually Fulham then became kind of his first team. Yeah. So Fulham's it's very accessible, and part that's part of its strength, part of its sort of people would perceive weakness. It means that you don't have the kind of atmosphere that you might get at more diehard yeah. grounds, of course. Um, but but that it, it's partly because of. Mohamed Al Fayed's money, which helped Fulham fly up the leagues, if you remember that, because they were always in the kind of the, the football league and a bit lower yeah. down. Um, First game I came to here, they were in the fourth division, the yes, old fourth division. Yes, yeah, so there you go. So, so they, they kind of flew up the leagues with a, with, a, with a bit of a cash injection there from Al Fayed. A bit, uh, just a bit, a, an enormous just a little bit. Of, uh, <laughs> still not a British citizen, nah. and uh, for those who get that reference, so. Um, Al fired, yes. So the, so the money helped them go up, but of course, if you're a kind of a, well, in in new money, League One, League Two kind of sides, you know, so to that kind of level, and you haven't been in the top leagues for decades, mm. you, you, your supportership is probably not going to be that big, with the odd exception. And they were down there, and of course, because they moved up quite quickly, for a few years, it was like, well, the, the supportership wasn't huge. They weren't selling out. And also, Fulham has always been traditionally a family club. Because yeah. it is quite a nice sort of middle, upper, middle class kind of area, yeah. which is rare for a football club, you know. So all that kind of goes into it. Therefore, the atmosphere is 
a little bit quiet, shall we say. The away fans do like the whole kind of, you know, this is a library, your support is effing, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, but on the flip side, it is quite accessible, and actually it is a lovely old ground to go and watch football, and it is quite... It is, it, by the river. Uh, yeah, by the river. And when, you, when you talk about the atmosphere, yeah. this bit that we're doing now, yeah. uh, there are, we're part of a group of loads of fans like, yeah, walking yeah. through the park, this is part of the Craven Cottage experience, isn't Absolutely, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go through Bishop's Park, which because Craven Cottage was originally a hunting lodge, right? And this would have been, you know, I don't know where they shot deer or, you know, uh, Chelsea fans. I don't know, but uh, well, Mitro would be having a bit of that, <laughs> wouldn't he? <laughs> well, he's he's our current marksman, isn't he? And, uh, and flat cap, uh, flat cap, the tweed. Waistcoat. Well, it, there are rumours that even Queen Victoria stayed at Craven Cottage once upon a time. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I think they're nasty rumours. But there we are. But it was. But there's a lot of history in this place because obviously London looked different a few hundred years ago. But Fulham have been playing at Craven Cottage since I think it's 1896. But they are London's oldest professional football club. I believe yeah. Fulham. Uh, 1879. So lot of history and it's in and and in Fulham the ground itself we will see the new stand tonight which has replaced the old riverside stand you bring your speedos i uh, not tonight the it's not time it's not time i haven't I, i'm uh, hugh grant will give, let me know when the when the pool is ready <laughs> and we're good to go it's funny i've, I've noticed you, you and hugh grant have like quite similar hair yeah. evolution don't you uh, possibly he is i is it a fulham thing it must be um i'm I'm quite sure he's unaware of my existence, but I'm obviously very aware of his, so that's good enough for me. But uh, the other side of the new Riverside stand is, of course, um, the Johnny Haynes stand on Stevenage Road, uh-huh. which is a listed building, like proper old seats. We're not in that stand tonight, we're in the Putney end. But that is a proper old school experience. Wooden seats, which are incredibly uncomfortable. Um, but that's one of the stands that gives, Fulham, that gives Craven Cottage its charm and yeah. so on and so forth. And, and, and in between the Putney end, behind the goal where the away fans are and the Johnny Haynes stand is where the actual cottage is itself. Yeah, you know once I um, was covering a Europa League game here. Which one was that? Um, Shakhtar Donetsk. So it was in that was season. It? When Bobby Zamora scored that one off the bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Shakhtar were brilliant that season. Fulham, oh, what a... What a perfect, that was when Roy's zonal marking really came to fruition, you know? Yeah, it was, a, it was a little bit, actually, like England versus Turkey at Sunderland, in the sense that you had the away team who put on a passing masterclass, and the home team eventually just knocked them open. I really don't remember that about Turkey's masterclass. I remember Darius Vassell scoring, Wayne Rooney, 17 years old. and uh, You're Bashduk in the first half. Really? Why do you think I still back him every major championship? <laughs> Yeah, that's when you yeah a curve. But 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 you know, I, I saw um, that night. I remember uh, Breda Hangland not being able to fit under the mix zone because he was so tall, <laughs> which was like this little gazebo. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Luis Adriano uh, oh, of yeah. of Shakhtar changing his boots in the cottage yeah. on the corner. And I said, "Could you come out for a word?" And he's like, "Yeah, but make it quick. It's freezing." And I was like, "Mate, you live in Donetsk? Yeah, I was Are you say- kidding me?" Yeah, what a, what a, that, that was it. But was what a, a season that was! That was an incredible season. That was, I think, that was the first season I started watching him. Maybe it was the season before, but I vividly remember that um, cup runner course. And the, I mean, the Juventus game four-one is quite possibly the most enjoyable. In fact, let's just say it now it's the most enjoyable time I've ever seen 
for all oh, the semi-final of the Euros when England beat Denmark 2-1. But that's very different though. But yeah. yeah. But yeah, I would say it was. I know Philippe Auclair said it's the most incredible game he's ever been to. Really? He's an Arsenal fan. Really? And has been for many, many years. Uh, Philippe's a man of very fine taste as well. Indeed he is. Um, uh, so I, I'm so if it's good enough for Philippe, it's good enough for me. Exactly. But what a well, yeah. That, so that was a great time, of course, and, and Hodgson is remembered fondly and so on. But at the moment, the main man, Marco Silva, has really given... Uh, Give Fulham fans a real kind of spring in their step because last season in the championship, Fulham were great, free scoring, played great brand of football. But did you expect anything from this season? Well, I, if, like, honestly, yeah, I thought I, 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 I hope that Fulham and, and I, there is that little expectation to stay up. I think they'll finish. I don't mean now, I mean at oh. the start of the season. Have you been pleasantly surprised? I have a little bit because I was a bit worried about the transfers because I think Fulham only had like two, you know, fit centre halves to start the season, which is why they got in. The likes of say Shane Duffy and uh, Issa Diop and so Okay, you live in the ream. Live there we go, Andy. Um, but he's done remarkably well, Tim Ream. Yeah. He's thirty-five. It is remarkable, and yeah. you know, not a, not a regular in the in the Premier League. Although of course he's played in the Premier League. But there he is, you know, playing a high line and managing to, to do okay. I mean, he's got Tosin Adarabayo uh, next to him, who's a, I think a, a, an underrated centre half as well. But Fulham have been good. They've been aggressive at home, which is why it was a shame against Newcastle when they lost 4-1 with the with the sending off. They didn't have Joao Polina, who's made yeah. a, all the difference. He's immense, right? Well, he's incredible. I mean, apparently the power... Here we go. That'll be the away fans. Um, uh, he, uh, he's, he's, he's made a huge difference, Polina. And the, the, the big wigs at Fulham, I said this on the, on the main ramble, they said, uh, we couldn't believe we got him. <laughs> but he's playing well, because if you remember when Jean-Michel Serri turned up... Um, <laughs> if you remember when Fulham signed Jean-Michel Serri from Nice, was it from Nice? Yeah, it was. Yeah. Like it was great. Not, yeah, because it was almost Barcelona and it ended up being Fulham for him. Yeah, no, it was a huge signing, but it didn't. He had moments and actually did play a bit of a part in the championship last season in the promotion, the title win. Yeah. Um, but it didn't quite click as, as much as it should, whereas Polina, yeah. he's hit the ground running. He's been, he's been immense. Do you think when you talk about Fulham's um, aggressive approach to this season, mm. do you think it all comes from Marco Silva's? Well, I don't even if, know if we can call it passive-aggressive, yeah. like commentary on the transfer window just before the season started. Do you think it all comes from that? Quite possibly. It's definitely come from Marcus Silva. He's, as I say, he's made the world a difference, and he's the reason why people are hopeful. When, because in previous seasons, when Fulham have gone down, like Scott Parker, um, I, I mean, I love Scott Parker, obviously, as a player, and I think he's a good man. And he got Fulham promoted with that famous playoff win against Brentford. Uh, but it didn't quite cut the mustard for Fulham in the Premier League. What would you say um, yeah. for um, Marco Silva wearing Scott Parker's blazer? No, I, I like Marco Silva's get-up. It's yeah. it is a little bit Simon Kell, but it's more refined than that. <laughs> and he has he has I would argue the shiniest shoes of any manager in the Premier League. But he's all he's black jumper, black trousers, and black shoes. Looks good. You can always put your put your uh, put your watch on that. You can you can set your watch by what Silva's wearing. Uh, what do you reckon, Bond villain in one of the Timothy Dalton ones? Not villain. One of those characters where is he helping Bond or is he stitching Bond up? All oh, right, okay. But he's definitely got a multi-purpose watch that could, like, you know, blow a car up or blow something. Blow a car up or, or open the fridge. So <laughs> it, yeah, I think he's. I think yeah, all that and more with Silva. But I think Silva, 
He's he's obviously a good operator. I know with what happened with him previously in the Prem with you know Watford and Everton not quite working out and then relegated with Hull and so on. But he's he's he is a good manager and I think he's he's the best. He was, he was good at Hull actually. Yeah, he was un, he was unlucky. I, I I think he is the best manager Fulham have had for, for a few years. I think you've got a proper operator here in the Premier League who knows his way around and tactically you can see that with the setup. And I think under Scott Parker, even though we love Scott Parker, he wasn't playing Mitrovic, he wasn't getting the best out of him in the Premier League. He was his approach he, he had a go and it didn't work. Whereas you can see the goal scoring with Mitrovic, he's getting the best out of him because Mitrovic is a quality forward. Fifty international goals in seventy six games for Serbia, I think I'm right in saying. It is absolutely you remarkable. You can't ignore that. Like people are oh but it's for Serbia. Well yeah, yeah. They're good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They don't, They're not as good as they, they should they, be. They, they, they don't play Luxembourg every week, you know. No, so no, that's that's right. I did I did enjoy that on Jack's Encyclopedia the other week where uh, <laughs> yeah. that was lovely. Wasn't it? Jim Campbell's dastardly uh, tactics. Talking of dastardly, yes. the cottage is looking absolutely beautiful. We're just approaching it now. Yeah. We can see them lights, see in the corner particularly there, on the, the newsstand. Stand. I think that's where the swimming pool will be. I'm quite I'm quite confident that's where it'll really? be over there. But they want they want to make the new the new sort of this, the new stand and, and thus the stadium a destination, Andy, on a Friday night or a Saturday. Well, that all, sa- that, like that all sounds a bit QPR. But let's not dwell on that. Oh, can, hang can, on a can we have a compare? <laughs> compare that. But I, I won't be when I'm in there in my trunks. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be well, good. Overlooking the river. Yeah, exactly. So right before we get in there, quick prediction. Um, I think that Fulham will win tonight, and I think they'll win. I think they win two 0 Think Steve Gerrard will get biffed uh, after tonight. Yeah, why not, Andy? There's yeah, a prediction. In for a penny, in for a pound. Yeah. Come on. Oh no, but maybe I'm trying to think. Actually, maybe. Yeah, I think maybe they'll wait actually until maybe the the, the world we, we break for the World Cup. Yeah. Okay. So maybe a few weeks. So no, I don't think you'll get biffed tonight. That what you're looking forward to already? Tom Kearney coming up. Oh, big time, yeah. He's we're we're only 34 seconds in. <laughs> He'll be on in about an hour. Yeah. Well, what Tom Kearney will come. So if Fulham are winning, uh, then he'll come on to kind of just keep the ball, steady it, you know, make yeah. sure. And if Fulham are losing, he'll come on to kind of unlock the defence. Yeah, okay. And he'll, he'll do either one of those jobs very, very well. And in the meantime, you were saying... They'll seek to uh, press high and be aggressive. I mean, they always say it's about getting the best out of your best player. Yeah. Mitrovic, aggressive. Is that how it works? Yeah, big time. I tell you what, and one of the players who makes that work quite a lot is Andres Pereira. He's been great this season. Decent, isn't he? Very good, yeah. Willian has started tonight. That's a surprise. It was a surprise to many people. I told him I was coming, and uh, I said, come on. I see. Shakhtar vibes, baby. It Let's was, get him in there. It was a surprise that he, he joined Fulham. Because people, you know, he's not a spring chicken anymore, Andy. No, um, but it, it will be immensely irritating for Arsenal when he's good for Fulham. Do you think he would, what, what do you think he'll do? Do you think he'll, that Fulham will get a tune out of him? I reckon they'll get some decent games out of him. Okay, interesting. Um, yeah, well, if he doesn't, if he's not running around us uh, enough, then he'll bring on Dan James and one thing Dan James will do will be he'll run around a lot Luke Moore is a fan of his running indeed like, aren't we all in a way um, 
his ball control and his, his eye for goal, that, that could do with improving, but in terms of running around, nobody fine. Almost a winning hand goal already. <laughs> the good thing is, because this is an outswinger from Douglas Louise, yeah. he's not going to score from it. <laughs> yeah. So it's a plus. I'm, I'm already relaxed. Yeah, me too. Here comes my Steve McLaren moment. Oh, he's missed everybody with it. Harrison Reed, goal machine. That's his second ever goal for Fulham. So soon after the first one. What a strike. is annoyed he didn't get that earlier he didn't feel the satisfaction of the net rippling but he did feel the satisfaction of flattening Ashley Young yeah I'll tell you what Cabano and William at one point there when they broke it was like they were both doing 100 metres yeah and I'll tell you what they'd have both got on the podium with that that was ridiculous oh my gosh I mean that would be that would be difficult <laughs> to get a shot over the Hammersmith end but Leon Bailey's had a bloody good go there, hasn't he? He has had a good go there. Uh, that's the worst thing he's done since that time he <laughs> abused that guy in his gym on social media. <laughs> that big, massive beefcake bloke, to which the beefcake then saw it and came after him on the street and was like, oh, what are you saying about me now? We're a joker, am I? We're a joker. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That smattering of polite applause from the back tells me that some people thought it was half-time. <laughs> Hey, it's nearly is. Maybe not. Oh, go on, Mick Trent. Oh. He's having a lovely old wrestle there, wasn't he? He is, yeah. He's not going to lose as well. Referee. Oh. I would say either Willian or uh, Andres Pereira. Probably Pereira have been the best player in the first half. No, I, I completely agree with you. And that's half time, baby. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This episode of the Football Ramble is sponsored by BetterHelp. Life throws many different challenges at us, and as a result, we all have our own sources of stress. Whether big or small, those stresses can impact our lives in unpredictable ways, and if we don't address them, they can have an outsized and unwanted impact. Therapy is a safe place in which we can address these issues, learn to understand them, and find ways to work through them. Having therapy can be beneficial to anybody, not just people who've experienced major traumas, even if you may have not considered it before. It could be simply a time for you to get things off your chest, a way to learn positive coping skills or how to set boundaries. Ultimately, it can be whatever you need it to be. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. All you have to do is fill out a brief questionnaire and BetterHelp will match you to a licensed therapist. You can even switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash ramble today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com forward slash ramble. Stevie G gets some shit from the away fans there. He is, yeah, he's getting booed. Um, I mean, the, the reality is, by the time this podcast comes out, he may not be Vaston Villa manager, but he may. Edit, edit, edit. Yeah. Let's go, let's go. <laughs> yeah, 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 Put yeah. it out live. <laughs> well, Villa wow. fans are joining in. I'll tell you what. Both sets of supporters singing You're Getting Sacked in the Morning to poor old Steven Gerrard. Oh, that's tough stuff. They are checking possible red cards. Yeah, Mitrovic is in a heap. Yeah. I mean, I think the decent thing to do is stay on the floor until the VAR verdict is delivered. Oh, right? yeah, oh, yeah. Douglas Luiz is off. Well, I tell you what, there are some. We've noticed a couple of Brazilian supporters in the crowd. What's this? Off the ball. Is, is it a headbutt? Looks like a little. It's hard to tell. I mean, it does look like Mitrovic made sure that the camera. But I can't tell from here, so I don't want to uh, start uh, giving big opinions on something I haven't seen. 
Mitchell is fine in case you're worried. Oh, I'm sure he is. I have absolutely no doubt Mitchell is fine. But that's a disaster for uh, for Aston Villa. Douglas Luiz goes up. I was going to say that there are some... There he goes. There's the chest. There's the hit. Oh! Hello! Do you know what, though? This is one of the things about VAR, right? The referee has indicated penalty. But I'm sitting here thinking, is it, though? Is VAR going to... The thing is... I missed the championship. If I'm I'm Mitrovic and I'll pick the ball up, I'm thinking, I might be waiting three minutes to take this. Yeah, exactly. But it's a different skill to penalty taking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Martinez had saved it, but he kind of souped under him. It was well, he did exactly what he did against Bournemouth. He went to the keeper's left. It wasn't into the corner. Not the most convincing kick. The keeper got a good part of his body or arm to it, and it went in. Well, I think they could afford to now. Obviously. Villa have lost a midfielder yeah. but they've just gone 2-0 down and uh, they've taken off Ings to put on Dendonka yeah there you go I mean that's that's a real crowd pleaser from Gerard there isn't let's it? be honest Villa have been shit tonight awful yeah awful get, get Tom Kearney on that's what we've all come <laughs> you're to you're not letting it lie are you let's, that's what we've all come to see let's be honest well he's at Mitrovic first and then Kearney Marcus is standing up on his own to see if Tom Kearney's coming on. Will oh, you give it a rest? Oh, God's it. sake. He's coming on. He is. Oh, he's coming on. He's coming on. on. He's <laughs> coming on. Tommy's coming on. <laughs> that talking. You think it's been good so far, Andy? <laughs> <laughs> That's polished off. That's polished off. Come on, there it is. Um, we were wrong, Andy. That has destroyed our 2 0 prediction, but I don't care. It has. We'll it's, live with it. Yeah, we will live with that. It's 3 0. I mean, Villa really ruined our prediction by getting a player sent off, didn't they? Well, that maybe it would have only been two, but the wonderfully named Naiskin Scabano has got another goal. Love that. Oh, it's an own goal. Yeah, Cabano crossed it in, it deflected into the far corner. Off, number nine, You know, if this was um, if this was in Germany, this match is a prime candidate for a Bundesliga stoppage time. That's when one team is battering the other so comprehensively yeah. that the referee blows up right on 90 minutes. Is that just, right? Yeah, just to save the blushes that, of the other team. Does that happen in the Bundesliga? Yeah. Is that not like... Against the rules? Yeah. Yeah, yeah strictly speaking. But it, is it kind of just... A sort of a gentleman's agreement in the Bundesliga. See the sporting. Yeah. All right. I mean, I'm a fan of it, but I want to see a fourth. Oh! And there's a corner. Yeah. Have they got time to take it? No, the man sitting next to me is buggered off. He's seen enough. He just wants to see goal number four from the top. Yeah, maybe that's from a different it. angle. Quite, from possibly, the top of the stand. quite possibly. Yeah. <laughs> Over. There it is.
off Marcus is enjoying a slightly modern love affair with Fulham that's not the case for Jackie Asher who's been coming to Craven Cottage since she was a kid when she lived in Devon would you believe we spoke to her in the pub afterwards and asked her what it felt like to be experiencing the current winds of change coming in off the Thames into the cottage you have those moments still where it's it feels unreal um but you just embrace it like there's so much that you look back on as a Fulham fan and think oh my god that happened to us or those those silly moments those amazing moments like you know everyone's gonna say this and I do I do understand that but I was at the Juventus game and that will be my game for the rest of my life the only thing that can top that is my mum's game because she was at the World Cup final in 1966 no way yeah she was um, but West Ham won that. You want to ignore that. <laughs> but um, for me, and certainly you know other members of my family, that brings us together. That game because it was like, how have we done this? You know, I was there as a child through our wilderness years, and it to be where we are now is. Un, it's just remarkable it's unreal when you say where you are now I mean does this season feel different because firstly Fulham look proper in the Premier League they look actually competitive which I don't think a lot of neutrals are expecting at the start of the season and you've got that incredible new stand going up Marcus has got his trunks at the ready I mean it, it feels like you're on the verge of something maybe yeah I hope so um, I think it's been obviously a long time coming in the making and it feels very very exciting and I know that we've had a, a couple of seasons now where we've been that yo-yo club I do understand that but this season felt different from the off um, so what, before the season started or um, well in a way but also our like pre-season was a little bit odd but I don't think you can use that as a benchmarker for anything usually um, but I was obviously at the Liverpool game and that was like, oh my God, what is happening? I nearly cried. I spilled all my drinks everywhere over everyone that was, that was in my vicinity. Drinks, plural. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, and I know that we've had, what is it, four wins, four losses. And I do get that. I understand that. But it does feel different. And I think in terms of the, I hate to use the word vibe, but like the vibe, you get, you do get something from the players. It feels like they want to be there, they're working hard and we have leveled up. Um, so I think it's got that feel around the club and it feels really nice. What creates that feeling? Is it, does Marco Silva create that feeling? Yeah, possibly. Um, obviously we had Scott Parker before um, and obviously that went quite sour, which is a shame. Um, because there were at times where, you know, we liked him a lot and he got us up and it was great. Um, but I think it's sort of, again, about that levelling up. Like, Marco Silva is a level up and the players that we've brought in are a level up. Um, and so I think when we talk about players like Kearney, I might have, um, what's the word, like a really kind of different take on, on a lot of fans because he's been with us for a while, he's done a lot of good things for us, he's been, you know, really amazing, certainly in our championship seasons. Um, 
but I just feel like we're we're looking to progress. We're looking to to have the future of Fulham, and it does feel like we're heading on that trajectory. And so I'm not saying that he wouldn't play a role in that at all. Like we obviously all love him, especially as fans. But like I do think that he's uh, a step below now. So today, when he came on in the game today, that was perfect, absolutely perfect. You can come on, you can change the game, you can give like fresh legs, you know, it's kind of like a bit of a cliche, isn't it? But well, I they're, think... they're, they're so dominant, it's almost like a little lap of honour, really. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So, yeah, I think um, that that's kind of my take on it. I liked the team that we put out today and it, it worked. And I know, obviously, there were other variables in play but it, it worked. It was an amazing game. And I think it was also one of those games that you come away from and it's been stressful. But when you do come away with those three points, you have that big sigh of like, oh, that was absolutely an amazing game to watch. I really enjoyed it. When you talk about that progression, obviously we talk about the stadium as well. The, the new stand is, is pretty much there. Obviously, they're getting people into it now. I mean, it's kind of a fine balance, isn't it? Because when you think of Fulham, when any of us think of Fulham, really, it's like um, it's almost like a monument to football. You know, with the cottage, it's all very traditional. How do you like find that balance between progressing the club, getting more money in, creating revenue, and keeping that character? I mean, is it something that's been a debate amongst fans? the direction in which the stadium should go? I think that um, we hold on to our values very strongly. We are a family club. We want to, with everything that we're doing with the new stand, um, there's got to be that balance between it not being too like elitist because it's a beautiful area with you know a beautiful new stand that's going up and obviously things are costing more money. But we also do want to like keep trying to get people from the community to support Fulham and keep it being a wonderful place to come. You know, we we do get the mickey taken out of us because of our Victoria sponges, but we like it that way. <laughs> That's what we like. And um, I've always wondered, how do you cut it? I mean, you're not getting a knife in the stadium, are you? Plastic knife, plastic knife. Plastic knife? Yeah, it must be. At that. Anyway, you were saying... <laughs> Yeah, no, I do just think that we have to stick to those values. It's kind of like having inclusive exclusivity. That's what we're actually trying to go for. Um, we want it to be a wonderful place that people can come to and enjoy. And that is very much what they're kind of hitting the targets on at the moment. And I think it's the same with the squad. Like, we want people to want to play for us, to want to be for us. We want to create a nice environment where people want to come. And I think, in the end, you're always going to win. I mean, look at Mitrovic. He loves it at Fulham. It's his home. He's got that, that family feel. And that's why he enjoys it here. It's why he wants to be here. Yeah, that was the image at the end, actually, wasn't it? After having scored the goal, him and his little boy walking down the touchline. It, it felt nice, didn't it? Yeah, it's that kind of club. And I think, you know, they're going to have a lot of new developments um, at, the, at the stadium. We've already been lucky enough to sit in the new stand, haven't we? And it's just been, sorry, it's been like so nice um, and lovely. And the view around the, you know, by the river is gorgeous. You've got to make the most of its natural position, don't you? Absolutely. And there's only so much we can do with the stadium as well, because obviously it's listed. There's elements of it that are listed. 
but we're having you know the private members club uh, that's going to be there which will be really beautiful we're going to have all of the um, cafes and like uh, lovely spaces down on the, the kind of lower floor and then we're also going to have our lovely uh, spa and pool on the roof which will be I, I can't wait I can't wait to go in that I'm excited about that, obviously, but what I really want to know, because Marcus tells me you've been in the cottage, the actual cottage. What's it like in there? I've always wanted to know. So I've been in there. I've been really lucky enough to go in there um, a few times. But the first time I went in there was very different to the second lot of times that I went in there. So the, okay. the first lot used to be where uh, the players, uh, friends and family would sit. Um and so when I went in there, that was great. I had a couple of like cups of dingy tea and like a couple of dry old sandwiches, but it was great. It was lovely because there were sort of ex-players hanging around. There was uh, players' families. It was nice. It, it was still lovely, but it wasn't anything special. Now you go in there up at the top and it's just a completely new space. So. It's the director's lounge, essentially, and then you have another section, which is at the back, which is the chairman's lounge. And it's it's beautiful. It's done out. It's a small space, um, but they've done it out really, really well. It's really welcoming. Um, and you have, obviously, the, the cottage balcony as well, which to a Fulham fan is iconic. It's definitely not the best view in the house. Can I just put that out there? But um, it is. The, they are the best seats in the house. Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.